The Your Safe Space podcast is recorded on Burundjeri land. This podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. This episode of Your Safe Space is brought to you by Elite 11 and their new Summer of EE collection. Elite 11 is one of my favourite Australian sporting and activewear brands and you can shop Elite 11 now at Elite11sporting.com or by downloading their app. Welcome to Your Safe Space, the podcast, guys. I'm your host, Adele Marie, and this podcast is here for you. It is a safe space for us to catch up each week to discuss anything and everything. And on today's show, we are talking about body image. Hello, guys. How are you? How has your week been? Happy Sunday or happy Monday, whatever day you're listening to this on. I hope that you've had a great week. If you haven't had a good week, I hope that you have a better one next week. And the good news is that tomorrow the sun will rise again and we can start again if we haven't had a good day either. And I hope good things are coming for you next week. My week has been good. It's always weird recording this ahead of the time it goes live because I record usually on a Tuesday for the Sunday. And I'm always like, oh, my week has been good. But I'm like, fuck, it's only Tuesday. I haven't really done the rest of the week. But there are lots of things happening for me this week. And I will say on the back of last week, it's another week of just staying on top of my routine, getting all of my gym sessions in, staying on track with work, really making sure I stick to my schedule. And of course, as always, I want to jump into our gratitudes, our highlights and our struggles. So business as usual, while I tell you mine, hold space for yours. Maybe you want to do a quick little journey journal entry. I don't know, maybe that can be your journal entry today to write these down. That counts as a journal entry or come into the Facebook group to write them down tomorrow because we always do that on a Monday and I will tell you mine. So my gratitude is actually going to my YouTube editor, Sam. Sam, you're on holidays right now. I don't know if you're listening to this podcast, but Sam went away last week, guys, and I do tell her in real time how grateful I am for her, but obviously in her absence and picking up the work that she would be doing, I am already noticing that until she's back, I might be struggling. And so that is my struggle too. But for those of you who don't know, Sam edits my weekly vlog and she also edits that second YouTube video. I still edit the podcast myself. I edit the vodcast myself. I edit all my own TikToks. I edit all my own reels, I edit all my own shorts, everything else is edited by me. But Sam does so much work for the YouTube channel and it goes a long way and I love her so much. And yeah, I can't wait for her to come back. So Sam, I always knew I was grateful for you, but I'm extra grateful for you at the moment. And I hope that you're having the best holiday and I hope you're really soaking it up. And so I just mentioned it, but my struggle has been that the extra workload is definitely taking a, not a toll yet. I feel like by the end of it, it will. But I think I'm just trying to manage it as best as I can. And one thing I did last year was introduce a second podcast episode because I felt like I could with Sam's help on the YouTube channel. And it's fine. Like I can still do it and I will do it. I will get all the content out this month. (laughs) But if I get more gray hairs in February, we all know why. But yeah, I just think it's been a reminder for me how grateful I am to have had the help. And I guess that just goes to 
if you are struggling, it's okay to get help. And I was struggling with the content side of things, the editing workload and the editing demand. And that's why I got Sam's help in the first place. And obviously Sam is incredible, so I don't want to replace her. And so I'll just hang tight till she gets back. And then my other struggle is my severe PMS. (laughs) So some of you following may know I'm trialing a different contraceptive pill. I had to change it. The last one stopped working. Is this contraceptive pill for me? I don't know. I so far am feeling slightly off, just ever so slightly, but my PMS is typically always fucking brutal (laughs) to the point where I either want to cry over everything and anything, or I want to fight somebody. (laughs) And forgive me, I've had two coffees this morning, had two coffees today. I'm halfway through the second one, but yeah, yesterday, for example, I just really felt like chocolate. And so I think I ate maybe like a whole half a packet of Ferrero Rocher chocolates that were my dad's for his birthday because it was his birthday on the weekend, last weekend. And I will replace those chocolates today, dad, not that you listen to this podcast, but yeah, PMS kicking my ass. But I want to say the highlight, the highlight outweighs everything because I'm really grateful, but I will be going to the Australian Open again. You guys would have seen that. Mum and I went again on Wednesday. This time I bought us the tickets. We didn't get invited by anybody. And the reason I bought us the tickets is because we went the week before with Chemist Warehouse. Thank you, Chemist Warehouse. We had so much fun. But mum and I, or Carla mum and I, always used to go to the Australian Open when we were kids. And I have vivid memories of this. And it's probably one of my favorite childhood memories. Mum would always pack us a lunch. She would always make sure we had our hats and sunscreen and we would get ground passes and we would go for a couple of days at a time for each Australian Open. And I really love tennis. Mum really loves tennis. And we had so much fun last week. And I just thought, you know what, fuck it, Adele. Like, life is short. (laughs) I don't go partying anymore. I wouldn't spend money on, like, festival tickets. I don't spend money drinking or on drugs or on smoking or in anything like that. I want to experience life. And so I bought us tickets to go to the Australian Open again. And so I'm really excited. I hope that we get to see some good tennis. And obviously by the time this ep is live, we would have already been. So I'm sure we had a great time. <laughs> and thank you, mum, for coming with me and loving the tennis so much. Let's jump into this episode because it is a jam-packed one. We are going to discuss body image and unpack it. And we'll also talk about what impacts it. And I will tell you my story with body image It's a story I've wanted to tell for a little while. We'll then have an ad break and then we'll get into the listener questions. Now, before we get into the episode, I do want to give you a trigger and content warning. We will be talking about some things that may be triggering, including disordered eating, mental health issues and body image issues. If you are triggered by this episode, please find some links in the show notes or call Kids Helpline on 1-800-55-1800, Lifeline on 1311. One four or the Butterfly Foundation on one eight hundred three three four six seven three. All right, guys. Now, thank you so much for voting for this episode. I did put a poll up in the Facebook group this week, and you guys voted in there. I've mentioned this in the past quite a bit, and I think I've always wanted to do an episode on this. And so here we are. And as usual, I like to start with the definition. So, body image refers to the way in which you see your physical self, your body, and the thoughts and feelings that are caused by the way that you see it. And it is essentially what you believe to be true about your appearance 
confidence about how you look and about how you feel with your body. Now, we may feel a range of things about our body from time to time. And sometimes we might feel really good. Sometimes we might feel quite negative. Sometimes we might feel bad. Sometimes we might feel positive. Sometimes we might feel both things. And sometimes we might feel neutral. Again, I think this is another spectrum situation where on one side you have healthy body image, which is where you feel comfortable in your skin, you know there is more to you than your appearance and how you look, you are able to like accept your body, embrace your body, all of it, both the good and the bad, and you appreciate your body. And then I think on the other end of the spectrum, we have the negative body image, which is the opposite of the positive body image. And that's where you're thinking unkind things about yourself. You're speaking to yourself unkindly. You have very negative thoughts about your appearance and your body. You have a lot of like body dissatisfaction. Now, a lot of the time when you are sitting closer to this side, your dissatisfaction for your body is driven internally, but it can be influenced from external factors as well. If you are sitting closer to this side, you might also feel those very heavy emotions that I talk about, the uncomfortable ones, like shame or anger. And so when I tell you my story, I think I've swung... (sighs) from both ends of the spectrum or at different points. I've sat at different points on the spectrum. And I think it's important to remember that it is a spectrum and we can move up and down that spectrum at any point. And I also want to say, if you are somebody who is sitting on that side of the spectrum, that negative body image side, you can move to the other side. I promise that you can. And I promise that there is help out there. And so I am excited to do this episode. Now, the other important thing to mention is that Body image issues do not discriminate. They can impact literally anyone and everybody. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what gender you are. It doesn't matter what culture you come from. It is prevalent across everyone. And the other thing I need to mention is that your relationship with your body and how you feel about your body will evolve and will change over the course of your life. So just like I said, I've felt myself moving along the spectrum or at different points. The same will be true for you. And I think it's good that that happens because if you are someone who really resonates with that negative body image or that negative side of the spectrum, I want you to know that there is hope out there and there is help out there for you. Now, I did a lot of research for this episode. And so I want to go through all of the things that can impact our body image. This was a little bit of like an aha moment for me because I've had body image issues for a while. And I'm going to say I don't have them right now. And I'll get to this when I get to the story part. But it was very interesting for me to write all these down and see like, fuck, no wonder I had this shit happening. It was nice because I felt seen myself. So I'm hoping this has the same impact on you. The first thing that can impact our body image is our age. Your body image starts developing at about three years old. But some of us may actually struggle with our body image when we hit midlife or when we start to age. And I think I haven't necessarily had this happening with my weight or my body, but I have started to notice some of the self-talk and some of the thoughts I've had about aging ahead of turning 30. So whether that's from like gray hair or wrinkles or just noticing my skin change, I definitely can see that. And I'll talk about different ages that I was when I've had issues when I get to the next part. The second thing that can impact our body image is puberty, pregnancy or birth. I guess the obvious part there is that whenever our body is changing, so our body changes quite a bit during puberty, our body definitely changes 
during pregnancy and our body will change after we give birth. And so they are all very natural times when your body changes, but they can also put you at risk of having that dissatisfaction for your body as well. The next thing that can impact our body image is poor role models. I'm talking about potential caregivers, parents, or any role models in your life that have a very unhealthy attitude to body image. They might have an unhealthy relationship with exercise, with eating. They might be doing a lot of dieting. They might be doing a lot of restricting with their food. They might be even excessively exercising. People in your world who you look up to that are doing that can also have an impact on how you see your body. Then number four is bullying or teasing. So if you have been bullied or teased about your appearance, regardless of what body type you have, that can also lead you to having an increased risk of developing poor body image. Number five, sometimes it's your personality traits that put you at risk of having a poor body image. And I found this so interesting because this was me. If you are a high achiever or a perfectionist, you are also more at risk of being dissatisfied with your body, obviously, because you're wanting to be perfect all the time. (laughs) And then number six is mental health problems. So if you suffer from things like anxiety or depression, that can also lead you or leave you at a greater risk to body dissatisfaction. And then lastly, probably one that has developed over the years is your social social media and environmental impact, things like diet culture, the messaging around weight and body that we are exposed to in the media. It's always either very thin or like muscly or like ripped body standards that aren't really like realistic. That can also take a toll on how we see ourselves too. As I said at the start, I can literally tick all of those. I can think back to many points in my life, different ages, puberty, poor role models, bullying, my personality, my mental health and social media that have all probably led me to having my own issues with body image. And I will quickly tell you my history with this. And so before I get into it, I just want to mention, I know I fit the beauty standard. I know I have probably always fit the beauty standard. I acknowledge that and I am aware of it. But I think for me, a lot of my body image issues stemmed from my mental health and my mental illness. And I know some people may be in the same situation. And I think body image, regardless of what your body looks like can still like you it can still have an impact on you and I just want you to know that you can come out the other side if you have gone through similar things that I have gone through so let's start where do I begin I think I would say back in primary school I was bullied not for my weight I was bullied for my teeth pretty badly and that did really make me quite self-conscious about what I look like I then went into high school puberty And I remember so vividly, I had this pair of jeans that I loved so much. And I think I was like 12 or 13 at the time. That was around the time I got my period. But I had this pair of jeans that I loved so much and I grew out of them. They didn't fit me anymore. And I was so upset. And maybe my mom listens to this podcast. She might remember it. I was devastated that they didn't fit. And I couldn't understand that my hips had stretched or moved and that these jeans didn't fit me anymore. That was another time where I noticed, I guess, like a dint to my body image. At this point, I didn't really have any physical issues displayed. It was all just internalized in my head. At the same time, while I was in high school, and some of you might remember this if you're around my age, but what was shown to us in the media was that very like... I don't know what you want to call it, but like that Kate Moss kind of body. It was very thin and super skinny was the vibe. And what really kicked it off was the first time I had a breakup when I was 20. 
It was my boyfriend after my high school boyfriend who broke up with me on New Year's Eve. I'll tell you that story another time. But he broke up with me and the reason that he broke up with me was due to something that I wasn't. And I I was broken up with because I wasn't good enough. And that triggered for me what would go on to be the very first, I guess, problematic issues that I had with disordered eating and the really negative, negative body image issues that started to arise. And so around that time, I was about 20 years old. I was severely underweight from under eating. I would restrict food quite a bit. At this point, I was in denial. I think my family, I think my mum definitely knew. She would say that she knew. I don't think my dad thought there was an issue, but I was incredibly underweight to the point where I'm not going to tell you how much I weighed, but it was visible. Like you could see my bones in my collarbone. You could see the bones in my legs. Like I was obsessed with having a thigh gap. The thigh gap, do you guys remember that? And it just really consumed me. At this point though, I just thought it was a normal part of life. I just thought it was the way that things were meant to be. And then I went overseas to Europe. So I'm trying to give you a time frame. At this point, when did I go to Europe? At like 22, 20, I think maybe I was 21, 22. And in Europe, Europe was actually good for me. You know why? Because I was fucking eating. <laughs> but what happened was I went on to put on quite a bit of weight in Europe. I came home about 10 kilos heavier than what I left. And I came home to my work uniform because I worked at Woolies and my pants wouldn't button up. Not even my underwear fit me. And so around this time, I started with my first ever PT. And I was also doing, I think, the Kayla, it it signs, I'm saying her name wrong, I know, um, Bikini Body Guide. I would say it was probably more the PT that I had at the time, but he had me on a very low, very low calorie diet. And then I was also over-exercising at that point. I would say during this time from about 19 to 23, 24, had this very unhealthy, disordered eating situation. I would restrict my food. I would binge on food. I would purge on food. And so I would definitely say, looking back now, my issues probably started around like 19 to 20. That's when they came into like fruition, into real life. It wasn't just in my head anymore. And then that continued until I was about like 23, 24. Now, I was never actually diagnosed with an eating disorder. I think maybe had I gone to get help, hindsight is obviously a good thing. (laughs) Looking back, I had an incredibly unhealthy relationship with food. I always thought that my body was larger than what it was. I was fixated on trying to make myself smaller. I was fixated on trying to change myself. I held all of my self-worth in what I look like. And then the cycle would continue. And the pattern just kept repeating from... 18 to 24. And I think I can confidently say as well, this is probably the reason I fell into like partying and drugs and stuff like that, because it was like an escape for me. It was an escape for me to not feel any of the uncomfortable things that I was feeling. It was a way for me to self-soothe. It was a way for me to not be in the moment. And I want to say, if you followed me in that time, because I know some of you did on Instagram, some of you might remember that red hair phase or that party girl phase. I just want to say, I'm sorry. And I've called myself out on this podcast before, but I used to post some very damaging things. I used to post the excessive exercise. I used to post like the fucking calories and my fitness pal screenshots to the food. And I used to post like cheat meals and clean eating. I was very problematic in that time. I just to say if you're still here after that and you've seen me change thank you for sticking around I do believe people can change and I do believe people if they've made mistakes they can learn and do better in the future and I guess I've come so far now and I'm going to talk to you about how I changed my relationship with food and my relationship with my body I wasn't a good role model then 
And now I want to do better. I know better now. And so I guess that's why I'm so careful with my platform now. You guys will never, ever see me do what I eat in a day. To this day, even when I see them, I'm, I think I'm healed. I don't think I've had any issues with my body image or food for a long time now. There's definitely a couple years there. But even when I see them, a part of me just like cringes inside because it's like, why? Why do we need to compare? Why do we need to put out into the world to show somebody every single thing that we're putting into our mouth? Yes, I do share food on my platforms. You guys would see the reviews. You guys would see me eating in vlogs. I want to show you a real life approach. I show you when I eat Maccas. I show you when I eat carbs. I show you everything. I eat a balanced diet. I will show you a balanced diet, but I'd never want food to be the focus of my content. And I guess now I live a very balanced approach to the gym, to food, and even like how you talk to yourself. And so I guess my content has changed for the better, but I've also changed for the better. And that change came from powerlifting. And powerlifting or strength training really, I think, saved me in a way because it changed. It changed a part of my brain that was so fixated on what I fucking look like to what my body could do. Suddenly it became about focusing on the PBs in the gym or how much weight I could add to the bar versus what I look like or what number was on the scale. Because in powerlifting, what you look like wasn't important. And I would say it wasn't overnight, but the powerlifting and the change in the exercise that I was doing, and I really enjoyed it too. And then coupling that with therapy, I went into therapy, I think at 27, was it 27? Yeah, because this year will be three years, fuck. (laughs) And I'm turning 30. And so I would say the powerlifting and the therapy was like a combination package, a duo, a dynamic duo. And I was able to heal the parts of me that had struggled up until that point. I will talk a little bit more about this in the listener questions, but we're going to jump into an ad break. And when we're back, we will talk about the listener questions. Here is a word from today's sponsor. You guys know I live in my activewear and one of my favorite activewear brands and loyal supporters of the show, Elite 11, is sponsoring this episode of Your Safe Space. Here at Your Safe Space, we are huge fans of Elite 11. Their pieces are a staple in my wardrobe and this new collection is incredible. There are over 100 new products and they've got new colorways, bras, shorts, leggings and tees. Elite 11 offers something for us all covering both women's and men's products ranging up to 3XL in sizing across a range of different pieces that cater to everybody. You can find performance ranges, lifestyle pieces and loungewear products to find comfort and style in any activity. Elite 11 is always exceeding in the quality of their products, allowing us to perform at our maximum whilst looking incredible at the same time. You can shop Elite 11 now at Elite11Sporting.com or by downloading their app and you can use the code Adele 10 to save you some money too. Thank you so much to Elite 11 for making this episode of Your Safe Space possible. All right, so we're going to jump into the listener questions. Before we do that, take a deep breath. (sighs) I know that was a little bit heavy, but we will leave the episode on a high or on a better note. The first question is, what are the signs that I may be struggling with this? Now, these are not all of the signs, but these are some of the signs to keep an eye out on. And I also want to say, if you can relate to this and you're thinking, oh my God, that's me, that's me, that's me. Don't panic. The first place that we always start is awareness. And the hardest part is admitting that you may need help in this area or that there is something larger at play. And I personally was in denial for fucking ages. I only got better 
once I was able to admit that there was something wrong and get the help of people around me, professionals around me. Now, here are some of the things that may be a sign. I also just want to quickly add, guys, I might sound a little bit different in this clip because while I was editing it on Saturday, literally yesterday, the day before this episode goes live, I realized the audio from the studio was missing the first half of this question. And so I'm currently recording it in my bedroom with my AirPods. So I'm sorry if the quality is off, but let's jump into these signs. Again, like I say with most things, any of this in excess is what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about this on like a very small scale here and there. I'm talking about to the extreme. So the first sign is that there is a heavy focus or excessive attention on any minor flaws in your appearance. And if you're noticing that come up, that could very well be a sign that you might be struggling with this. You may view yourself as unattractive and you may refer to yourself as ugly and you may truly, truly believe that. You might also identify as a perfectionist. You might be constantly weighing yourself, measuring your body, measuring food. You may also be cutting out food groups or engaging in compulsive exercise. You might also be avoiding social events and avoiding going out due to how you feel about your body and your appearance. And then we'll jump into the rest of the audio, which I recorded in the studio. All right. Bye, guys. You might be hiding your body with baggy clothes, and you may even not be able to leave the house without makeup. And that used to be me as well. I used to always have to look done and look a certain way before I left the house or went out in public. And then you might also constantly compare your appearance with others. And you may also seek out excessive cosmetic procedures or cosmetic surgery. And lastly is you may never feel completely satisfied with your appearance. Now, when I put up a question box for this episode, there were so many things that came up and a lot of them were along the lines of, I feel like this or I feel like that and I don't know how to get help or what to do. And so the next question is how to ask for help or where do I get help? Firstly, if you are in str- if you are struggling and listening to this episode and in crisis, please call Lifeline on one three one 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 four or the police and ambulance on triple zero. The other hotline and resource I want to mention is the Butterfly Foundation. Now I did mention them at the start. Their helpline is one eight hundred three three four six seven three. They have a chat and email too. They are open eight a.m. to midnight. It is free. And they offer support and counseling. And I say that because back when I was struggling with this, I didn't even know about the Butterfly Foundation. I didn't really call Lifeline or Kids Helpline or anything like that. It was a different time. I feel like we didn't speak about these things. The thing is now, if you are someone that's struggling with this, you can get help. You don't have to like fight this by yourself. I did mention this in in the mental health episode, but chat to your GP. Your GP very similar to the process that I spoke about with my anxiety and my depression, they can get you the help that you need. And they can also put you in touch with like support programs or support groups to give you that extra support. They can even get you a mental health care plan to maybe get you to see a psychologist or put you in touch with a counselor or anything like that. I always recommend going down that route first. I am, as I said, I am a big believer in traditional medicine. I'm a big believer in the therapy psychology route. I don't follow too many accounts that assist with this stuff, but there is an account that I want to recommend to you because she's a psychologist and I freaking love her. 
And her name is Steph. Her at is Mind Food Steph. She has a podcast, TikTok and Instagram, and she does so much content on this. She does a lot of content on food, a lot of content on binge eating, a lot of content on emotional eating, a lot of content on the brain. I am actually meeting her for the first time on Friday. So that will be before this episode goes live. We are connected online, but I've never met her in real life. And I would love, love, love to get her on the podcast because I think she's incredible. I love what works she's doing in this space and I wish that I could follow someone like her back in my early 20s. Unfortunately, there wasn't content like that out there. That's another good place that you could potentially start. But as always, chat to your GP. If you are listening to this episode and feeling seen or feeling heard, please do that because that help is there and it's there for you. I also want to add, you may have a friend or family member who is struggling with this. And if you want to talk to them about it, I always recommend this because My friends, Angie and Hannah, were the reason that I went to a psychologist. They sat me down and were like, you're struggling and we care about you and you need extra help and this is how you can get it. And because of that, I think my friends helped me. I'm always going to want to advocate. If I saw my friend in this situation, I would want to advocate for them and offer to them that help so that they knew that they weren't alone. I know the conversation can be hard. I know the conversation can also not go to plan, but as long as you are doing it in a gentle way, in a caring way, in a way that your friend doesn't feel attacked, or maybe it's a family member, letting them know that you are there to support them and letting them know that you can help them chat to their family or help them chat to their GP or Ask them if you can tell their parents what's going on or ask them if you can tell a trusted person in their world what's going on so that they can get them some help. And the same goes if a friend comes to you, right? So if a friend's coming to you with these concerns, that is an opportunity for you to say, hey, like some of the stuff you're feeling is actually pretty serious and we can get you some help. And I think that's the other thing. There's almost like this myth out there that exists that it's like, well, oh, you're just going through this. It's like a, it's like a rite of passage almost. It's like very, it's become very normalized to have like body image issues, but it shouldn't be normalized. (laughs) It's, it should not be normalized. And so if you are experiencing that, there is help out there and I really want you to get it if that is you. And then my last question is how can I improve my body image slash relationship with food? And I actually, when I, when I put up the question box for this episode, I had put body image slash food. And I guess for me, my issue with body image related heavily to food. And I know for some people, again, depending on where you are on the spectrum, you might just have some mild body image issues. You might also have some heavy body image issues, very similar to me, where like your eating was impacted, you were having disordered eating. And so these tips are just general and not a substitute for professional mental health or therapy keep that in mind but we're going to end the episode on a good note so the first one is being patient with yourself and practicing self-compassion I always talk about this I always talk about self-compassion guys and I'm never going to stop talking about it it takes time to unlearn behaviors to unlearn thoughts to unlearn feelings that you may be experiencing it takes time to move through and heal that I also think that learning to respect and appreciate your body for what it is and what it isn't, how it looks, what it can do, what it can't do does take time. What that looks like is just doing your best, being kind to your body and being kind to yourself in those bad moments, trying to just remind yourself that your body or how you look does not need to be fixed. You're already perfect the way that you are. Number two is focus on what your body can do, not what it looks like. And I think for me, It was a blessing with powerlifting because 
it really taught me that what I look like didn't didn't really matter. <laughs> it didn't, there was no weight to it. And you are more than your shape. You are more than how much you weigh. You have so much more to you. You have your brains, you have your skills, you have your talents, you have all of those great qualities about you that make you a fantastic human. You have your resilience, your strength. You have all these other amazing elements to you. Focus on that. Celebrate those areas about yourself instead of just reducing yourself to what you look like. And I think this is why whenever I get compliments, like I love compliments about how I make someone feel or something I've done, not what I look like. And sometimes I get comments about, my body image or how or how my body looks and I try not to engage or interact with that because it's like I am more than my body my body is going to keep changing as I age my body is not forever it's what's on the inside will be forever what's on the inside is more important what my body can do is more important how I behave as a human is more important and the same goes for you tip number three to improving your body image is filter your role models filter what you see on social media And I'm talking about and following the accounts that make you feel like shit (laughs) and following the accounts that are very hyper-focused on fitness, on food, on calories, on dieting and follow that. My social media feed looked very different in that era when I was not in an era, not in a good era. I was one of those accounts that you should have unfollowed back then. (laughs) Hopefully you don't unfollow me now, but you can control and curate your feed. That is a great power. Use it. And it's a great reminder to follow people and follow pages that make you feel good about yourself, that make you feel good about your body. And this also plays into that comparison. Try not to do that. If there are accounts that trigger your comparison, fucking unfollow them too. (laughs) Seriously, comparison is not helpful or productive, but it is more prevalent because of social media now. So make sure that you curate your feed to make sure that it is something that serves you. And I have always been a huge advocate of that and I've always said that. And I've even said, if I'm if I'm not for you anymore, you can unfollow me as well. I mean, obviously I don't want you to do that because I hope that we can always be together forever. But if someone is triggering you, get rid of them. Put yourself first. <laughs> Tip number four for improving your body image is to move and fuel your body in a way that feels good. And I talk about this a lot as well with how I eat, how I exercise. I like to think of my health rather than my weight, rather than what I look like. I exercise. I tell you guys, I exercise for the freaking serotonin and endorphins. I exercise for my mental health. I exercise doing an activity that I like and I try not to focus on anything else. I don't weigh myself anymore. I don't measure myself anymore. I don't diet anymore. I just focus on moving and eating in a way that feels good for me. I want to feel good for myself. I want to feel good to make sure I live a long and happy life. So focusing on that rather than focusing on your weight or your physical changes. Tip number five for working on your body image is to watch yourself talk. And I speak about this a lot. I feel like our self-talk is just underlying there, impacting how we perceive the world, how we perceive ourselves. And so the first step there is becoming aware of it, becoming aware of your negative self-talk and then replacing whatever negative thing you're saying to yourself with the opposite. And I'll give you some statements if you want to use these. I am enough as I am. I am more than my body. You are. You are way more than your body. I am worthy as I am right now. I treat my body with love and compassion. And my favorite one, I release self-criticism and choose self-compassion. Tip number six, 
practice gratitude. Again, I don't want to borderline toxic positivity, but I do think it is an effort to rewire your thinking and rewire your brain. And so maybe it's writing down one body related gratitude each morning when you do your gratitude list. Even the fact that you're listening to the podcast right now, even the fact that I am recording this podcast right now, we woke up alive today. We woke up healthy today. We woke up able to breathe with our lungs and take in the oxygen and get through the day. That is something to be grateful for. There is so much that our body enables us to do. If you can find one gratitude there that you can put down into your journal or that you can focus on each day, that can start to help you feel better about yourself too. Number seven, and probably my favorite one, is to shut down unwanted body talk. So this goes for talk to ourselves, talk to others, or if someone mentions it to us, shut down the conversation, tell them to stop, tell them you don't want to discuss it. Also a note, if you are somebody that comments on somebody's body, whether they have lost weight or whether they have put on weight, stop doing it. You guys would remember when I went through my TikTok breakup, I lost a lot of weight, I think from stress and just from grief, I was finding it really hard to eat. And so many people were commenting saying that I looked really good, that my body was goals. (sighs) Do you know how terrible I was at that point? I was depressed and people were telling me that I looked really good. Don't comment on people's bodies ever. It is not it and it is super, super harmful. And so if someone ever comments on your body, tell them to stop. Tell them you do not want to talk about this. Change the conversation. That is asserting a boundary and you have every right to assert that boundary. And I wish that I had learned that as well because coming from a ethnic background, it's very normal for some family members to comment on your weight, which should not be normal, but it is normalized. And so now if anyone was to make a comment about my weight, I would fucking shut it down. You can shut it down too if it's making you uncomfortable. Tip number eight is to be neutral to food and to not engage in diet culture. You guys would see this. I never label food as good or bad. I never label food as unhealthy or healthy. I don't call it cheat meals anymore. I don't say, oh, I'm just, you know, doing this because, you know, I exercise, I've got to burn off this. Absolutely not. I also don't engage in that diet culture. I haven't been on a diet for, I'm going to say, what now, three or four years? Three years, I think. Whereas I previously yo-yo dieted over and over, trying all of the diets. I tried the no carb, I tried the keto, I tried the intermittent fasting, I tried the macro tracking, I tried it all. The diet industry exists based on our negative self body image. It is based on us feeling like shit. The way that we tackle that is by not engaging in it and being very neutral. Food is just food. You deserve to eat. You need to eat to survive and reminding yourself of that. And then my last tip is to be realistic. No one feels great about their body all the time, not even me. And I will also say I feel now, whenever I feel a bit ugh, and I still have those days, especially when I'm PMSing, so right now, (laughs) where some days I don't want to look in the mirror. Some days I feel a bit like bloated and disgusting and just like not my usual self. I am kinder to myself on those days now. Poor body image moments will still happen. You're not going to be loving your body all of the time. You're not going to be feeling amazing all of the time. But the key is to make sure in those moments when you're feeling those really hard, uncomfortable feelings that you then battle it with compassion. You battle it with kindness. And that is how you start to change that behavior. That is how you start to change that self-talk. That is how you start to change your relationship with yourself and your body image. And I only have those nine tips, guys. I know this episode is a little bit of a heavy one. 
as I said, when I first, I can't remember if I said this or not, but when I first thought of the idea of this episode, I wanted to do food and body image, but I think there might have to be another episode for food because I feel like that borderlines eating disorders and I don't want to go into that without having like a psychologist or somebody on the show that we can chat about that with at a professional level. I feel like I can share with you some very general advice, some very general information, some stuff that I've gone through and that's why I've done the show this way. I still hope that you got something out of it. I also want to say if you are listening to this and you're struggling, it's okay. Don't give up. I promise you that you can come out the other side. I promise you that it can be done. There are people out there that can help you. If you have listened to this episode and you've thought, oh wow, I actually need some help, talk to a caregiver, talk to a friend, talk to a family member or talk to your GP because you can get help. You don't have to fight this on on your own, okay? And guys, I'm going to wrap the show there. Let's take another deep breath. This is a long episode. I knew that it was going to be a long one and I actually recorded the AMA on air before this because of it because I just wanted to give all my energy to this. I knew it would take all of my energy, but I'm so glad that I've done it and I really hope that you guys got something out of it. I am going to wrap the show. Again, I just want to say if you have been triggered by this episode, please find some links in the show notes or call Kids Helpline on 1-800-55-1800, Lifeline on 131114 or the Butterfly Foundation on 1-800-334673. I'm going to wrap it up. Have a great week. Have a great, I don't know what, what day you're listening to this, but hope you have a good day. Hope you do something nice for yourself. I hope you do something kind for yourself. Let's take a deep breath together. I'm going to go get some lunch after this and then I'm going to get my eyebrows waxed because I usually do them myself, but I'm going to get someone to do them for me today. But guys, I love you so much. If you are not already, follow us on Instagram, come join the Facebook group, leave us a review on Apple, leave us a rating on Spotify. I am a small independent podcast and it does go a long, long way. And so yeah, come and do that. I will see you guys next time. Thank you so much. And yeah, look after yourselves. Bye. Thank you so much again to Elite 11 for making this episode of Your Safe Space possible. You can shop Elite 11 now at Elite11sporting.com or by downloading their app.